this is Stacey Hillier and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, hey, listeners, and welcome back to the potty. Today is the last episode in our collection where we have dissected and discussed, it sounds like a scientific experiment, but it's totally spiritual, an epic prophetic word from Prophet Jeremiah Johnson, which is entitled Clash at the Gates, and we've linked that for you in our show notes. Tell me, how have you found these episodes? Let me know and tag me on social media. I want to know, does this word resonate with you individually or in your community? How are you applying it? How are you partnering with this word in prayer? Teach me all the things and share because we want to see this word come to pass. In fact, prophetic words are invitations, invitations to partnership. And in next week's episode, I'm actually going to break down for you the process of receiving a prophetic word, the process of revelation, interpretation, and application. And this collection really has been about interpretation. And then I want to encourage you and equip you on how to apply. So today, as we wrap this little series up, we're coming in with a light topic of deliverance. And I've heard a lot of people teach on deliverance, but none quite like my friend, Pastor Raf Solomon. And it is such an honor to have him here with me today. Pastor Raf works in our apostolic pillar at Numa Church globally, overseeing and pastoring all of our location pastors across the world. So he has a lot of downtime and he's just being an all-round legend in general. Now we've worked together for 11 years now, which equals a lot of hairstyles. A lot of life, a lot of laughs, sometimes some tears, Raph. It is so good to have you. Welcome. Uh, absolute honour, Pastor Stacey. And uh, yes, 11 years, we have a lot of blackmail <laughs> material on one another, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do. Let's cast our minds back to when we did first meet 11 years ago. Tell me, first impressions. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. I guess I have to be totally honest on this podcast. You do. You have to. (laughs) I I honestly think I thought after meeting you for 10 seconds, what a absolute rocket in the spirit. I I felt like you're an absolute rocket and that had nothing to do with, you know, the whole pocket rocket stuff. I just, I felt after 10 seconds of meeting you, you are a rocket. That I I think was the word that came to mind. You know what? We won't edit that answer out. I like it. Correct. You pass. (laughs) I remember when I met you just feeling heard. You make people feel very heard and very safe. And the way you love people is extraordinary. And you can have people in your office and you're firing them. And as they leave, they'll be crying tears of joy and thanking you for building their life. That's the gift on your life. You can sell ice to Eskimos and it's genuine and it's glorious. (laughs) I'm going to take that word and process it. Thank you. (laughs) So tell me, Raf, we're in an incredible season in church and you and I have done a lot of seasons together and we're in a season of revival and it's funny that the word revival has even become a bit of a trigger word at the moment. Right. What's bringing you the greatest joy? Uh, honestly, probably so, so much that we're all kind of like witnessing and experiencing in God. I'm mm. especially loving uh, restored repentance 
happening right across the church, a genuine return to God that is authentic, uh, that is void of the spirit of religion, a hunger for Mm -hmm. God is right at the top of the list that I'm personally enjoying and just seeing the Mm -hmm. Lord do in the church. I'm really enjoying the fame of one. I'm uh, just enjoying that everything is so Jesus-focused, so Christ-focused, everything, everything Mm -hmm. that is happening in church is for the glory of one. Every song is centered on one. Every motivation is toward elevating and exalting the one. I'm enjoying kingdom order, just enjoying, you know, seeing so many diseases cured and so many demon and demonic works destroyed. I'm loving the unity in the church. And that's both the local church as well as what is happening globally as the Lord is building this tidal wave of a worldwide revival, just loving that. And yes. and maybe even more importantly than all of that, mm-hmm. and right at the centre of all of that, I'm just loving the constant awareness and the presence of the Holy Spirit in an unprecedented way. Uh, everything yes. has become so presence-centred and everything's flowing out of that, out of the presence uh, yeah. and the glory of the Holy Spirit in our midst. That it just feels like we've stepped into something completely new. I was like, Lord, what kind of Christianity did we live before then? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we can't go back, can we? It's crazy. No. We mm. even had, you know, in a recent service, seeing people healed of dyslexia. I mean, right. it's wild, isn't it? Because I think we're moving into a season where God doesn't just heal people of long-term physical illness or injuries but where he actually heals difficulties in life because he he wants to give his children an ease and an abundant life and he wants people to encounter his word. And so it's so beautiful watching the way he's working. He's so good. So, Raph, there was a monumental day on August 28, which I've shared previously on the podcast, and we call it Super Bowl Sunday. What was it like from your perspective? I know you even experienced the joy of the Lord. Yeah, I did. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously there was so much going on on that day. Probably in my mind the, the summary of what happened during that space of time, there was just an obvious and clear manifestation of the kingdom of God yes. uh, over that time. There was so much happening on so many yeah. fronts. Mm-hmm. There was such a fresh touch from heaven. So deliverances yeah. were all mm-hmm. around the auditorium, uh, yeah. one after the other, healings. Mm. Uh, all over the auditorium. There was mm-hmm. restoration and repentance again mm. happening all over the auditorium. I felt like the Lord opened a new doorway uh, yes. to a whole new other way of living uh, yes. and engaging with God's presence and the Lord mm-hmm. himself. So all of that was happening like constantly mm. and in such a beautiful, varied way. The Lord yes. was ministering individually to hundreds Um, So there were hundreds of kingdom manifestations and you couldn't Mm. keep up. The Lord was doing it in such a tailored way. And like you said, I know for me personally, um, I I had this moment where Ben Fitzgerald Mm. said to me, he was just standing at the bottom of a stage. I was on top of a stage and he said, Raph, catch it. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) He was like, catch it. And when he said that the second time, I don't know what happened. (laughs) <laughs> um, found myself kind of like lying down, kicking, laughing, just couldn't yeah. stop, literally yeah. couldn't stop. And, um, and there was just just an, an overwhelming presence of God, just overwhelming. Mm. 
mm-hmm. um, presence of God, both uh, on a personal level as well as kind of what was happening all around. But it was kingdom manifestation. Wasn't it? That's such a good way to describe it. I think Ben threw you a joy bomb and it was beautiful. <laughs> you caught it. And it reminded me, you know, when the Toronto thing was happening and people were experiencing joy with uncontrollable laughter and there was actually some, I guess, people who didn't fully understand the way the Lord was working and they they faced quite a bit of opposition from within the church at that manifestation. Mm. And it's really interesting because they write in their books about how God was leading people to repentance, not through sorrow, but through joy. And that people were coming out of those encounters completely transformed. And I, that's one of the things that I really learned in this season is don't judge a manifestation by the moment, judge a manifestation by the fruit. And if you've got to judge it at all, I'm just these days like go with the flow, whatever happens, happens. (laughs) Because I think the beautiful thing about all those kingdom manifestations that you're mentioning is none of them were distracting. Not one of them, were they? They were all God-glorifying. They all pointed to a work of Jesus. They all pointed to a destroying of something that was both demonic, satanic, oppressive. There was such a freedom that was from heaven that was upon that. So, yeah, it was amazing. It was like a symphony of freedom. It was absolutely beautiful. For me, I felt like I was living in the pages of the Gospels, like when Jesus would walk into a village and, you know, people would be healed as he walked past if they reached out and touched him or some people would have cried out his name. Some people would have sung one of the Psalms. Some people would have fallen on their face. Some people would have been delivered just as he walked past. And I felt like we got a little foretaste of um, what heaven is like, but also what it would have been like when he walked the earth. One of the things I noticed the most, Raph, was that when people were being delivered, it was gentle and it was kind. Was there anything you'd like to say about what you noticed about the mass deliverance that was taking place without people even having hands laid on them? Yeah. Look, to be honest, that was one of the most emphatic and outstanding things that happened. Yes. I, I felt like I was witnessing Isaiah 10, 27, the, the whole mm. thing in action about the yoke being destroyed because of the anointing yes. oil. Yes. And and oil is beautiful. Oil is soft, but oil is powerful. And wow. exactly like you said, Pastor Stacey, I felt the, the two fronts of that, that the Holy Spirit was ministering so gently, so beautifully, mm. yet so powerfully. He was so tender mm. toward yeah. every single one of us, but he was so strong against the enemy. And mm. you could literally see and feel how yokes were being lifted, heavy burdens were being lifted, chains were being broken. And, and that's why we saw like freedom cries. There was there was a lot yes. of freedom cries yes. that kind of like took place. And even a lot of people who had been muted, uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not talking about physically necessarily, mm-hmm. but there's been silence in the spirit. And mm-hmm. then there was this spontaneous praise mm-hmm. that literally opened their mouths to God in a whole new way. So the deliverances were so obvious, were so obvious. And again, they were all God glorifying and Satan crushing. Oh, so good. Yeah, he was tender and gentle and yet strong. It was so beautiful. And do you remember that moment, Raf, somewhere in that few days where the Lord was just working so beautifully, the moment where all these people started standing up on their chairs <laughs> who had been muted 
and were just yelling, Jesus, freedom. And these are people we've known for years and years who just in the natural, they would never do that. It was magnificent. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So what we're going to do now is we're going to listen to an excerpt from Jeremiah Johnson's prophecy, The Clash at the Gates, and then we're going to chat again. And this prophecy is being used with the express written permission of the Alter Global. I'm so grateful for that. What you're about to hear are the words of this prophecy, but not Jeremiah's voice. So let's take a listen. Mass deliverance. In the dream, I saw banners hanging in churches, hotels and stadiums that read, Deliverance is the children's bread. God said to me, For where the casting out of devils has been shut down by the spirit of religion, I am now releasing a generation of revivalists who are going to resurrect my kingdom with power and authority and will make deliverance normal, not abnormal. He continued, But be on guard, for the religious spirit in 2023 will rage against men and women who cast out devils and welcome deliverance ministry in their midst. I saw incredible warfare swirling in 2023 that will stir up religious devils in families and denominations that will seek to hinder total freedom and deliverance. In the next scene in the dream, I saw the casting out of demons go viral on the news in 2023 and in the years ahead. The ministry of deliverance, though strange to many, is going to be put right in the midst of secular media and given attention like we have never seen before. There are going to be significant salvations and deliverance conversions happening among several famous public figures that will draw the attention of millions. Raph, that's amazing. Hey, I want us to start with the first section of this prophetic word and I want to cover a few basics first. So Jeremiah talks about in the dream he saw banners hanging in the churches, hotels and stadiums that read, deliverance is the children's bread. And that God said to him, for where the casting out of devils has been shut down by the spirit of religion, I'm releasing a generation of revivalists who are going to resurrect my kingdom with power and authority and will make deliverance normal and not abnormal. Woohoo! So biblically, Rath, could you please teach us what is deliverance? Sure. So deliverance really is about bringing spiritual victory and freedom to anyone in bondage. Mm-hmm. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That is the intention yep. of God that his children live free of bondage, satanic mm-hmm. bondage, satanic affliction, mm-hmm. oppression, to live above only and not beneath. That is always mm-hmm. God's mind, heart, intention, mm-hmm. um, and even design for every single mm-hmm. believer. Some believers actually don't believe that. Some believers yes. don't believe that they could or should live in fullness of freedom. And so right there, you know, there, there yeah. could be stuff that we need to deal with. But right True. there, God's intention is the foundation of that. Now, Obviously, the setting free of those who are in bondage, a lot of times kind of like, again, as Christians, we go straight into casting out demons. Now, that's 100% true, but Mm -hmm. there's a little bit more to it. You know, sometimes we actually need to tear down a stronghold. Sometimes we need to break up a legal ground. Sometimes we need to receive inner healing. And sometimes Mm -hmm. all of those things are present And we also need to cast out a demon. And all of those things are part of the ministry of deliverance. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about tearing down strongholds, we're talking about 
incorrect thinking patterns that are, mm-hmm. you know, often set up over time. Uh, they're nurtured by demons through lies mm-hmm. and deceptions. Demons right. thrive on strongholds mm-hmm. that are already built in a person's mind and they're mm-hmm. really designed to afflict to torment Mm -hmm. the person Mm -hmm. kind of like in their mind and therefore what they're going to produce through behaviours in their life. That's why the Bible is strong on it. 2 Corinthians 10.4 talks about how the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, inferring that strongholds definitely can exist and they can exist even in a Christian. Um, We know through Dr. Caroline Leaf, that she even talks about developing neurological pathways. Yes. Uh, so it becomes part of kind of like our soul composition or yes. our mind as to what happens. But the tearing down of strongholds is definitely a thing. Did you want to say something there, Pastor Stacey? I could... No. Oh, I'm just looking at the scripture you were talking about yeah, because sure. it, this stronghold in the mind is huge. It's massive because this is the doorway for the demonic and for oppression in a believer's life. And I love that the language in this passage is painting the picture of taking captivity captive. So taking these thoughts and these strongholds and putting them in prison and saying that's not going to be, that's not going to bind me in my mind because we can only operate out of what we believe, right? So if we're believing incorrect things and we've got strongholds in our minds that are incorrect, then we can't operate outside of that belief system. So exactly what you're saying, oftentimes to just deliver someone of demonic oppression and not deal with the stronghold in the mind would not be a complete work. Absolutely. And and that's mm. the whole segue to actually removing legal rights because Good. legal yes. rights are actual entrance points. That, right. Like they give demons permission to go into our life and remain involved and active and even carrying out their will without knowing that the, the control, the energy is actually coming mm-hmm. from a demonic spirit. Now, Paul teaches into that. We, we can't be afraid of that. Paul says in Ephesians 4, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now, that's interesting yes. because when we look mm-hmm. at that, that's about a foothold, an entrance, mm-hmm. or an access point. He's talking to believers, right. spirit-filled yes. believers, <laughs> do not give a foothold, entrance, mm-hmm. or access points to the devil uh, mm-hmm. into your life. One of the most powerful teachings and parables of Jesus, the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18, Jesus says something so strong in that parable to the servant who was forgiven but would not forgive. As an example, in verse 34 of that, Jesus said that his master was angry with him, delivered him and said, deliver him to the torturers until he should pay all that is due to him. Now that's that's powerful because what Jesus is saying about deliver him to the torturers, again, when we look up that word, that's those who afflict. Wow. That is only that is only reserved for demons in Scripture. That means that the person, wow. because of bitterness and unforgiveness, has opened up such an wow. access point that they are now dealing mm-hmm. with the domain of the demonic and under influence of the demonic. It 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 is wow. Wow. so to remove a legal right is so important because, again, if you cast out a demon, mm-hmm. 
But I myself, I'm in this posture of bitterness and unforgiveness, and I haven't fig- I'm giving access to the return and demons mm-hmm. dealing groups. Jesus talks about how you know one goes yes. and brings seven yes. more more wicked than itself, mm. and the, and the state of that man becomes worse than the first state. So we've got to deal. With, we've got yes. to remove legal rights in the ministry of deliverance. We've got to yes. talk the person through as the Holy Spirit gives us discernment as to what's actually going mm-hmm. on as we ask the relevant questions uh, with the person that we're ministering mm-hmm. to. As soon as the Holy Spirit shows that there's a, some kind of legal right, we've got to deal with it. We've got to bring the person to actual repentance, yes. recognition and repentance. Yes. Renounce that completely. Repent, renounce, accept forgiveness um, and and move on from that point. Um, the, the other thing that does often happen in this um, ministry of deliverance, Pastor Stacy, is inner healing. So many times this happens mm-hmm. a lot, to be mm-hmm. honest, when I'm praying with people mm-hmm. and talking to people, people that have been abused or rejected, uh, often kind of like wounded or hurt in such a deep way, mm-hmm. there's an emotional wound that needs yes. to be healed. Demons mm-hmm. love those wounds because they use them as leverage to hold people in bondage and yes. to reopen doors that they can enter and re-enter through. And that's why, to be honest, inner healing is such a vital step of the overall deliverance mm-hmm. and restoration process. We can't be oblivious to that as well. The casting out of a demon, at the end of all of that, to be honest, is probably the most straightforward of all of that yes. because that's that's really two mm-hmm. very basic things. That's uh, having a biblical conviction, understanding, acceptance uh, of my authority in Christ and then faith to exercise mm-hmm. that delegation. Demons are mm-hmm. cast out with mm-hmm. just a simple spoken command. Uh, there's, there's not mm-hmm. much to it. Mm-hmm. it. There is a straightforward, mm-hmm. I command you, for example, spirit of fear to come out in the name of Jesus. It's actually that straightforward. It's not negotiable. And one of the things that the Lord revealed to me just recently out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 1 and verse mm-hmm. 3, that speaks of Jesus upholding all things by the word of his power. The Lord really highlighted the mm-hmm. word of his power mm-hmm. as opposed to the power of his yes. word. Now, it's 100% true that the power of his word, Mm -hmm. that's true. That's true. That's, you know, uh, we Mm -hmm. all agree on that. But that's not what that's teaching. The emphasis there is the word Mm -hmm. of his power, meaning that his power has a vehicle, which is the word. So every time we actually Mm -hmm. speak the word in this situation, I command you in the name of Jesus, that's the vehicle that the Holy Spirit will use to unleash kingdom power on the demonic and to set somebody Mm -hmm. free. But overall, it's just really important to see and minister in the full elements of deliverance. So tearing down strongholds, removing legal rights, inner healing, and the casting out of demons. See, I told you, everybody, you're going to get shifted. This guy's powerful in this space. And That's a very holistic approach, which is so important and something we're very passionate about because otherwise we send people away vulnerable and then people can be damaged by in their perception of even God and his power. A couple of things I want to comment on there, Pastor Raf, that were very powerful 
in the space of forgiveness, Neil T. Anderson, who is incredible in the deliverance and inner healing space, says that in over 90% of demonic uh, entry is through unforgiveness. And biblically, forgiveness is a covenant. And you can look at Matthew 6 and you can look at John 20, where Jesus says that as much as we extend forgiveness to others, we ourselves are forgiven. And we don't talk about this a lot in the church, but it is a covenant. And so we have to extend forgiveness to others sometimes to get free of strongholds and access points, doorways in our life. Otherwise, bitterness can take root and the demonic has a place to really play. So I think that's really important. And when we're talking about inner healing, the three main things we would speak about in that space are forgiveness soul ties and inner vows. So I'm just going to quickly cover off on those, Pastor Raph, and we've done a whole episode on each of those and please interject if you want to, but we've spoken about extending forgiveness to people, remembering that forgiving somebody doesn't make what they did right. It just means you want to be free of your tie to that person because whilst we walk in unforgiveness to somebody in the spiritual realm, there's actually like a piece of string connecting us to that person. And what we're wanting to do is disconnect that string and fully connect ourselves to the Lordship and the trust space with Jesus himself so that that person stops exerting influence over us long after the offense. And so another important step in that is releasing our expectation of ever receiving an apology from that person and allowing that forgiveness process to be between you and the Lord. Soul ties, there are healthy soul ties and unhealthy soul ties, and these are connections made relationally. So a healthy one, Pastor Raph, would be like David and Jonathan. They had a, Their souls were knit together. Healthy soul ties today on the earth would be, for example, between a husband and a wife who have soul ties or relationships that are healthy in our life. But there are also unhealthy ones that are often formed through things like ungodly relationships, like premarital sex, etc. And again, we're seeking to untie what has been connected in the soul realm that is not healthy. And then the third one is inner vows. And these are things we say, Pastor Raph, when something happens to us that can even only be just said in the mind of, I will never allow someone to hurt me like that again. Or I will never allow a man to treat me that way again. I will never open my heart to another woman like that again. What they do is build walls around our heart that prevent us from connecting with Jesus in intimacy and with other people. So that's what we're talking about when we talk inner healing. And you can go back to previous episodes and learn more about that. So Raf, he says here that he saw banners that read deliverance is the children's bread. In other words, their inheritance, their daily portion, not the exception, but the norm. And he talks about the casting out of devils being shut down by the spirit of religion. Why do you think that the spirit of religion has always and still attempts to shut down deliverance ministry? Well, you know, it makes so much sense. Like when I read the (laughs) prophetic word, I thought that makes so much sense because Right from the beginning, religious spirits have always wanted to murder faith and kingdom authority. That's just right from Mm -hmm. the days of Cain and Abel. You know, Saul was a religious guy. He was murderous of faith until he became Paul. Mm -hmm. Religious men Mm -hmm. constantly wanted to murder Jesus. It's a murderous spirit of anything that manifests Mm -hmm. God's kingdom and and faith on the Mm -hmm. earth. The religious spirit is always against kingdom order, always. That's why Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, 
in Matthew 23, 13, he says, you shut up the kingdom of heaven. The, the religious spirit <laughs> always is against kingdom manifestation. Uh, he, he says to them, you neither yeah. go in, nor do you allow those who are entering in, meaning the religious spirit not only uh, stops the persons who are under that influence, but it does everything that it can to stop everyone else from manifesting kingdom and yeah. the kingdom of God manifesting. Yeah. Again, he says mm-hmm. to the religious people, you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Isn't that interesting? Prophets mm-hmm. uh, are looking to bring the word of the kingdom, the authority of the kingdom, the reality of the kingdom right into yeah. the mix to bring kingdom order right here on earth, but the religious spirit would murder them. It's a murderous spirit against yes. faith and kingdom wow. order. And mm-hmm. and we've seen this. I think we've seen this in church age time after time. The spirit mm-hmm. of religion, as, as long as it reigns, there is no kingdom manifestation, none whatsoever. And yes. so for Jeremiah Johnson to be saying that the religious spirit is going to try to shut that down couldn't be more true. It's very consistent. Yes. Very consistent. You know, I find the spirit of religion one of the saddest things. Oh, gosh, it grieves me because these are people who have had some encounter with God, who have received him into their heart. It's, we're not talking unbelievers right. here. This is people who love the Lord and have heard him call their name and have responded to him. And yet, for some reason, they end up bound in these boxes that mean they, they're doing all the things like reading the word religiously, praying religiously, fasting, giving, and they never experience the fullness of what Christ has for them. It's actually so sad, it isn't it? It really is. So sad. And honestly, I'd, I'd probably recommend that we, th- there's religious people, but that's because of a religious yes. spirit. So when we differentiate that, we can go really hard on the religious spirit Mm -hmm. and minister to Mm -hmm. the religious people with the love of God. But the religious spirit, we cannot compromise with it. It is more lethal in my personal estimate than any other spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It is the one that probably sends more people to hell than we know and yes. stops the glory of the kingdom and the work of Jesus more than what we know. Uh, insidious absolutely so we have to go hard as believers against the religious spirit and help religious people that's actually so important what you've just said raf because we in all that we're talking about today we have to fight in the right right realm we are not fighting against flesh and blood but powers and principalities so we cannot fight in the natural realm and allow these spiritual dynamics to have believers turn against one another we must walk in love that's meant to be the mark of jesus disciples You know, Rafa, I have to admit that deliverance has often been given a bad reputation by people being completely weird and often even playing power games within the church. But I agree with the prophet that a new generation of revivalists are going to walk the tension between spirit and truth with zero tolerance for weirdness that damages the reputation of Jesus. Can you talk for a moment about what it looks like for believers to walk in their kingdom-assigned power and authority as it relates to deliverance. To, to be honest, Pastor Stace, this subject matter is really yeah, 
precious to my heart. It's one of the very precious revelations that I feel like the Lord has really embedded in my life. So if I talk long, please stop me. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. This is exactly why we have you. Because it takes us back, all the way back, uh, this whole thing of deliverance being the children's bread to Genesis 126, where the Lord says, let us create Mm -hmm. man in our image. And then he talks about, let them have dominion. That is an appointment by God. That is a sphere of control by God. God doesn't even say, let us. He says, let them. There's a full delegation to his sons and daughters to bring kingdom order into the sphere that's delegated for them. When, When the Lord created earth, he meant earth to be subdued by mankind, men and women who will bring it into kingdom order, fullness of kingdom order, Mm. and the authority on Mm -hmm. the earth is the born again men and women. That's why Psalm 115 verse 16 says that the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. That is a delegation Mm -hmm. by God, let them. Mm. Uh, We're meant to have this entire earth subdued according to kingdom order, not according to anything else, but kingdom Mm -hmm. order. We're God's delegates for that. Um, In a nutshell, Mm -hmm. you and I and every believer, we alone actually are the prime movers of the will of God on earth. The will of God on earth does not happen, does not take place unless we do something in order to bring the will of God to earth. That's why Jesus taught us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because that's with us. That's our domain. Matter of fact, Satan can only operate in a vacuum of authority. It's only when we abdicate, when we leave a sphere, that Satan can then come and occupy. It takes the church moving out of something in order for the enemy to move into something. And if I rewind to the Old Testament just for a moment, we we see Mm. just about every miracle in the Old Testament. So we, we see wonders, floating axe heads and parting of Red Seas. We see healings in the Old Testament. We even see resurrections in the Old Testament. What we don't see in the Old Testament is the casting out of demons. We, we just don't see that yeah, because well, that has to do with kingdom order. Yeah. That's, so we understand wow. that we abdicated our delegation, and until the Redeemer came and restored the kingdom, uh, that's why when Jesus comes, he says, I cast out demons by the finger of God, therefore the kingdom has come upon you. One of the verses that I love in the book of Luke, chapter 8 and verse 1, is that Jesus taught, he preached and brought the kingdom. He was preaching and bringing the kingdom. He actually brought, restored now, the New Testament, that's why it's the children's bread, kingdom order. So what is that kingdom order? Well, we go back to Genesis. We find that the entire delegation was a vertical chain of command where it was God, Hmm. his delegates, mankind on earth, and therefore it put Satan under the church's feet. Matter of fact, the disciples experienced that. They actually spoke into that when Jesus sent them out and uh, said to them to go cast out demons and to preach the gospel. Disciples come back in the book of Luke chapter 10 and they say to Jesus, they, they were filled with joy. And they were like, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They, they were so happy about the whole thing about being subject. Now that word in the Greek is the word hupotasso. 
which means to arrange mm-hmm. under. That means they realized, mm-hmm. hang on, there's a vertical chain of command. It's not a horizontal tug of war between us and demon. It's not a negotiation. Mm-hmm. It's not a this or that. It's not even a reversal of what had happened because of sin. There's now a restoration of kingdom order. We're in the name of Jesus. So on behalf of the one we now execute on earth the authority of the one and therefore bring deliverances, bring kingdom order. For this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. There's an undoing of the works of the devil and establishing. So every time there's a healing, every time there's a deliverance, that's kingdom order. That's Mm. the way that it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. So when we come to, okay, (laughs) all of that now, is ours. That's the children's bread. What do I do in order to actually exercise that? Well, to be honest, sometimes I've just got to step into that kingdom delegation. I've just got to stop being so timid. Uh, I've got to believe Mm -hmm. it for what it is and not allow Mm -hmm. this vacuum. The Lord has given every single one of us a sphere of operation, a metron, and according Mm -hmm. to that sphere, we need to operate. So every single, even listener, um, it it is the Mm -hmm. children's bread. That's why Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. It's not a select few. In Mm -hmm. my name, they will cast out demons. So a believer has the authority, the kingdom delegation over every demon and nothing shall by any means harm them. So when you (laughs) see something, whether it be a tearing down of stronghold, a removing of a legal right, inner healing, or the casting out of a demon, every believer needs to receive the conviction, the authority. I'm not going to leave it to somebody else. I can, in the name of Jesus, take authority over that demonic situation and over that demon and in the name of Jesus, cast out and bring kingdom order. In my mind, it just needs to be as natural as that. I love it. I love what you said there about we're not in a horizontal tug of war, but there's a chain of command. That is going to set some people free today, Raf. That is brilliant. Thank you. We've already kind of touched on this, but let's press in again. Religious spirit. What is a religious spirit and where is it in the Bible and what does it look like today? (laughs) It's a huge question. Little question for you. It's huge, (laughs) just simply because it's right throughout the Bible. And uh, this is where we Mm -hmm. need to go hard on the demonic spirits, but not on religious people. Mm -hmm. But now that we're talking about spirits, it is a type of demonic evil spirit that influences people to replace the genuine Mm -hmm. relationship and kingdom Mm -hmm. relationship with our God and Father and now for a cheap substitute Mm -hmm. of man-made or demonically made works and traditions. It's an absolute imitation, Mm -hmm. a cheap imitation of kingdom and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit and relationship and true Mm -hmm. worship in spirit and in truth. So it's a real imitation Mm -hmm. and it really does wage all war against all truth of God and against all grace of God. And, and, and therefore, it has so yes. many different manifestations. I mean, if listeners want to do a little bit of a study on Matthew 23, there is no mm-hmm. better exposition mm-hmm. than from the rabbi himself when he confronted that spirit and really kind of like outlines some of those manifestations of a spirit. He talks about how it's always concerned with the outside appearance 
rather than the state of heart and what's happening with God. So he says in Matthew 23, 27, he tells them straight out, you're like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful outwardly but inside. That's where Jesus had an issue. Mm -hmm. So it's very concerned about outside appearances and how it appears to man rather than what it is before God. That's the religious spirit and how it manifests. One of the other manifestations, it attempts to earn God's love and salvation. The religious young man says to Jesus, what must I do in order to be saved? He thinks Mm -hmm. he will do something in order to merit. And it goes back to an identity and a worth that is totally apart from Christ, um, that doesn't understand grace but wants to establish uh, its own worth apart from the grace of God. Uh, Again, the religious spirit Mm -hmm. is is the major forecaster of that and and wants people to come under that line of conviction and belief that religious spirit, Jesus denotes that it it craves positions of honour even in the church. Yes. Uh, So he talks about they love the best places in the synagogues. It's about positions of honour. It's about seeking glory from men. You preached on it beautifully just last night, Pastor Stacey, when you spoke out of uh, John 12, 42 and 43. And for they love the praise Mm -hmm. of men more than the glory of God. I mean, that's what it looks for. Um, It craves positions of honour in the church. Religious spirit develops a really harsh, judgmental attitude toward others. It's not soft and compassionate. That's why Jesus said, you bind heavy burdens that are hard to bear. When he's talking to the religious leaders, he says, you swallow a camel, like you literally swallow a camel for yourselves, but then you strain out a gnat. Like you, you give so much mercy to yourself, but when it comes to, you know, giving compassion and mercy and understanding to anyone else, it's harsh and judgmental. And, you know, you see yes. the, the religious spirit making the person really hard, very condemning. Religious spirit mm-hmm. is so rigid, refuses change, because the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, Jesus says in John 3 that the wind blows where it wishes. So is everyone who was born of yeah. the Spirit. Uh, we, we tend to be flexible. We tend to go because we're not the leaders. Yes. We're, we're not the architects. Mm-hmm. He is, and we're just followers. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit goes this way, yes. we go that way. So you find that spirit-filled believers are really flexible people. R- rigidity yes. yep. comes from a religious spirit because I'm in control. Yes. Uh, so it's got so many manifestations, uh, but it, it is an absolutely demonic and insidious spirit, and we cannot tolerate that spirit. We need to love the person. Yes. Need to take the person on a journey, mm-hmm. minister to the person, mm-hmm. pray for the person, but the spirit we need to be very hard against. Yes, that's so good what you've said, Raf. And I think particularly important for our audience who are prophetically minded people who are seeking to grow in the prophetic because I would say in my experience one of the most exhausting spirits to deal with as a prophet is a religious spirit. And so it's so important that we have to remember this is a spirit and uh, love the people. And obviously we all know the story of Jezebel and Elijah and here he is. He has just killed 450 false prophets and yet Jezebel's after him, which is really about control. It's not about it has to be a woman and it's, it's a woman with a certain set of personality traits. This is essentially a religious spirit that's going after the prophets because we're 
religious spirits love formula, prophets <laughs> love yeah, following. So good. And so there's nothing more exhausting for a prophet than someone saying, get in this box. And it caused Elijah to sit underneath a tree and be like, I'm the only one left. Take me out. I just want to die. And to be honest, when that spirit is reigning and ruling in the church, I'm sitting in the pew like, take me out. I don't want to be here because it's not an environment that is enjoyable for a prophet to be part of. So what I have had to learn is exactly what you're talking about, Raf, is the line of authority. I am not called to submit to that spirit. I am called to recognize the spirit and to rule and reign with Christ and in love and humility actually deal with that spirit and to fight in the opposite spirit. So to minister freedom and to minister chains coming off people's lives and to empower other people to live outside the box and live outside the boundaries. Right. So you got anything to say on that? You're on a note here that is so profound and important. And just going back to Matthew 23, 31, he tells the religious leaders mm-hmm. who had a religious spirit, you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. He really singles yeah. out the war between the religious spirit and prophets because they are in complete assignment opposition. They are diametrically the co-equivalent, but in the other kingdom. What a prophet is. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes, I have to interject for a second and then you need to finish that thought. Yes, because I remember the Lord talking to me Mm. about this because whenever I see an exhausted prophet, I'm like, let's talk about, home and church environment right now, relationships in your life. And I'm looking for a religious spirit coming against the person. But what the Lord revealed to me a number of years ago when I was exhausted and couldn't understand why, John 10.10, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. And the original meaning of those words are the literal Greek opposite of 1 Corinthians 14.3 of what New Testament, New Covenant prophecy is, which is to encourage, edify and console. So if you look at the original meanings of those words, the three things are literally in opposition. So to steal is this klepto, kleptomaniac. Kill is thuo, to cause someone to think something's too hard so they sacrifice it up and destroy is literally to put a bomb underneath it. Whereas when we're talking encourage, edify, console, we're talking about building the mainframe of somebody's life big to uh, put the parakletos, paraklesis, encouragement in somebody or to meet somebody at their point of pain where they've been blown up. So in the prophets and the spiritual gift of prophecy, he's given the exact opposite of Satan's boundaries here on earth. So good. (laughs) And, 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 you know, I don't need to add anything to that, but I will just say one last thing. When when I saw even kind of like the title, The Clash of the Gates, and, and saw mm-hmm. kind of like right in the midst of it, the religious spirit, and then as we're talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, you could see mm-hmm. that right in, the, right in the heart of that clash of the gates is the clash between the prophets and the religious spirit. Yes. That's going to be right there yes that's going to be really quite defining as to the future of a church the future of revival either ushering in the kingdom or the religious spirit Mm -hmm. restraining what is meant to happen that's right there that's right at the center spot on bang on we're watching it around us right now 
revivals popping up and then a spirit also popping up saying, how can you call it revival? How can you call it this? How can you call it that? And trying to put everything back in boxes. So interesting. Pastor Raf, can you paint a brilliant picture for us of what you see this new generation of revivalists looks like? And then I want you to pray for people today. Sure. Um, to be honest, I think there's there's a number of things that I'll go through just really quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't think this revival is about one or two. It's not about one or two people. It's yes. not about one or two That's places. Right. The Lord is breaking out mm-hmm. throughout the earth. This is going to come through so many sons and daughters all over the earth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful thing that the Lord's doing. And it's, in a way, actually unprecedented. We, we just haven't seen a worldwide mm-hmm. revival. We've seen revival fires in different places, but That's not right. this. This is becoming a worldwide net for the, the absolute ushering of Jesus' return. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that's a real clear distinctive about the revivalists, they don't fear man. The fear of man is being broken off Amen. completely and they're mm-hmm. just walking in the authority, mm-hmm. in the power of the kingdom and in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. The other thing mm-hmm. is there's a real cherishing of the presence and of the glory of God. More than anything, it is so mm-hmm. presence and glory centered. It is exactly what mm-hmm. Moses experienced in Exodus thirty three. You know, he, you know, unless mm-hmm. your presence and the presence wasn't even enough because after he says, "Okay, my presence will go with you," he says, "Okay, that's not enough. Show me your glory." I want to go from presence to glory, Lord. So hungry, and 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 that's really happening. That's really happening in such a deep and profound way where the presence of God is so adored, loved, so central. But even that's not enough. We're asking for more. We're saying, God, now take us to glory. Glory. We need your glory right in our midst, the fullness of that presence. The fourth thing that I'm seeing is um, definitely what we've already spoken about, all, all loosening from the religious spirit, all loosening from that there'll there'll be no touch of the religious spirit on the church all forms of you know you know how paul says that they have a form of godliness but deny its power that's going to be done away with that's that's gone yep no more Mm -hmm. denial of that but now the presence and the power of the holy spirit in such an authentic and natural way nothing fabricated nothing intimidated Mm -hmm. nothing forced just simply the power of the presence of the kingdom and the power of the king himself, the Holy Spirit, through sons and daughters. Yes. I, I think the last distinctive for me, Pastor Stacy, is that it's going to be united under one name. I really don't see this yes. revival <laughs> having a person's name on it. It doesn't have a church's name on it, but it has only one name, the name of Jesus. Agreed. And there is such a beautiful unity. Amen. I'm finding that sons and daughters all over the world are finding each other that have the same spirit, same heart. Yes. They're just all finding each other. Yep. So it is yep. so united. The church has never been so united. Yes, the river rats are combining. <laughs> and and there the Lord yep. commands the blessing. There the Lord commands the blessing. Yes. yes. So there's some of the things Amen. that um, I'm really sensing that the Lord's up to. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, Pastor Raf, one thing you mentioned in there that I would like to just touch on before you pray is you talked about oh, so many powerful things, actually. I don't need to add to it. Just pray for us, please. 
Father, we love you. We thank you so much. This is a wonderful day to be alive, Lord. Wonderful day for the church. We thank you that you prophesied yes, that uh, the son would crush mm. the head of the serpent, and he has mm. done so. And, and Lord, we are seeing mm. that in effect right now. We do pray for a mm. worldwide revival in the name of Jesus. We ask you for the nations that they would all return. We ask you that as your glory fills the heaven and your praise would fill the earth, that your knowledge would fill planet earth. And Lord, over this prophetic word, mm -hmm. we ask for strength to all the prophets in the name of Jesus, that yes. uh, they would yes. not be weary in fighting for the cause of the kingdom, Lord, and against religious spirits and all that comes their way. Father, give them all that you gave to the prophet of old, that it wouldn't be my might or power, but by your spirit. Thank you, Lord, yes. that you took somebody like a Micah and you turned him into a powerful, mm. powerful prophet that can withstand all. So we ask for an impartation of your spirit in a greater mantle and greater magnitude on all the prophets. In the name of Jesus, we also pray over the church, yes. Lord, that deliverance would be the children's bread, that kingdom order would prevail, yes. Lord God. Every demonic work would be subdued by men and women who are mm. believers, who are born-again believers. We ask that the revelation yes. of your authority and kingdom order uh, would be deposited so deeply with a deep conviction of the Holy Spirit yes. to so many sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. And we would see deliverances mm -hmm. in the streets in the name of Jesus, in cafes, shopping centers, schools, not just in yes, church Lord. buildings, but we ask you to take it out of the buildings, in workplaces, Holy Spirit. Yes. We ask you to yes. bring kingdom order. Father, we are so grateful for these wonderful days. We ask you preserve your beautiful church, Raise her up, Lord God, in yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit. Immerse her in glory more than ever, Lord God, and unite her yes, to be Lord. one voice, one yes. voice under one head in the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Raph, thank you. This is a powerful episode. It's a bit longer, but people, listen a few times. There is so much gold in here, Raph. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you personally. I'm grateful for you corporately, and I'm very grateful for your history with the Lord. So grateful. Thank you so much, Pastor Stacey. What an honour. Oh, thank you, Raph. I want to leave prophetic people with this thought before I do all the wrap-up things. We cannot adequately show the fullness of the love of God without power ministry. So where the religious spirit is coming at the moment to try and discount signs and wonders and power ministry in this end times move, hear me, we cannot adequately fully express and give visible, tangible expression to the love of Jesus without power. So take what you've learned today and go and exercise the authority that the Lord has given you. And thank you so much for listening. I do want to encourage you to check out the show notes because both Pastor Raph and I are going to include some recommendations if you want to do some further readings on this, even some further resources. And these will help you if you want to delve deeper into the topics we've chatted about today, whether that's in healing, deliverance. There's some brilliant books that we will recommend for you. And this does wrap up this little series of discussing the clash at the gates. But next week, we're going to talk about the process of prophecy and I'll have a friend with me to chat this through and to bounce ideas. 
And so this episode will be super helpful to you for any prophetic word you've already received or will receive in the future, so don't miss it. Once again, thank you, Raph. I'm so grateful and I hope to have you back again really soon. To all my listeners, peace and love you. 